L.L. Bean has partnered with the National Park Foundation to help you find your happy place. And with more than 400 national parks, there's a good chance you'll find one close to home. Discover your perfect day in a park at findyourpark.com. Rising high above the prairies west of the Black Hills stands a tower of astounding geological feature. Considered sacred by indigenous people, it's an impressive and striking monument against the flat lands of northeastern Wyoming. Hundreds of parallel cracks make it one of the finest climbing areas in North America, and for decades, this remarkable wonder has drawn daredevils and thrill-seekers alike, all hoping to stand atop the tower's flat summit. One person, though, took a very different approach, one that hasn't been attempted since. I'm Jason Epperson, and on this episode of America's National Parks, the man who spent six days trapped atop Devil's Tower National Monument and the attempt to bring him back to Earth. Here's Abigail Trebu. In 1941, professional parachutist George Hopkins struck a unique wager with his friend, Earl Brocklesby. Brocklesby bet Hopkins $50 he couldn't parachute down and land on the flat summit of Devil's Tower. It was a feat that had never been done before, and Hopkins, who had a reputation for breaking records with his thrill-seeking jumps, eagerly accepted the bet. Parachuting into strange places was nothing new for Hopkins. His latest stunt would have him setting the record for the most jumps in one day, and a pre-publicity Devil's Tower jump seemed like the perfect way to raise awareness. In the end, things didn't exactly go the way Hopkins planned. Letting only a few local reporters in on his plan under the condition they would not publish his story until the jump was complete, Hopkins took to the sky on the morning of October 1st while a car full of people watched from below. The plan was to land upon the one-acre top, then descend using a 1,000-foot rope which would drop from the plane after him. Hopkins exited the plane, flew through the sky, and hit his mark. But his rope did not. It landed just out of reach on the cliff face, effectively leaving the parachutist marooned on Devil's Tower. With no option for escape, National Park Service officials were brought in to rescue Hopkins from the cold, windy summit. But exactly how that was to be accomplished was anyone's guess. While debating what to do with this man stuck on top of Devil's Tower, newspapers around the country began picking up the story, and letters from concerned citizens, corporations, and even the military began arriving with suggestions for rescuing Hopkins. 
the Goodyear company offered to loan the use of a blimp, while the Navy offered the use of a helicopter. Airplanes dropped food, water, and warm clothing over the tower, even a bottle of whiskey, which Hopkins claimed was for medicinal purposes. A new rope was attempted, but that too didn't go according to plan. After landing, it became tangled and later froze due to wind, snow, and condensation atop the rock. Try as he might, Hopkins couldn't get the knots out of the 1,000 feet of frozen rope. After a few days of discussion, Jack Durance, one of the earliest technical climbers to scale Devil's Tower, offered to lead a rescue party. The Park Service accepted. The problem was, Durance was in Dartmouth, so a plan to get him to the tower and quickly had to be put into place. In the end, bad weather forced Durant to travel by train, which meant Hopkins would be stranded for at least a couple more days. On October 5th, Durant and his party arrived at the monument and began laying out a safe climbing route for rescue operations. The following day, he led seven other climbers to the summit of Devil's Tower, where they found Hopkins, who in spite of his ordeal, was in good spirits and excellent physical condition. The team descended down quickly and with minimal difficulty. Hopkins described his ordeal saying, I bet I counted the big boulders on that damned mountain peak a thousand times, and I gave them all names you couldn't print if I told you what they were. George Hopkins ended up spending close to a week stranded on top of Devil's Tower before Durant could arrive and assist him down. During the six-day period, nearly 7,000 visitors came to witness events firsthand. Events that all started because of a $50 bet. I had my hand out fishing for the dough when I hit the ground, Hopkins said. Earl paid off. Within a few months following the Hopkins episode, the United States entered World War II. National Park Service sites saw little visitation during the war years. Hopkins would go on to work with the military, training the new Airborne Infantry Divisions for the war. It is believed he set his world record as he taught other young men to safely jump and land using a parachute. Today, nearly 6,000 climbers come to Devil's Tower to scale the 867 feet from its base to the summit each year. Climbing is voluntarily closed in June out of respect for the spiritual and cultural significance of the tower. Over 20 American Indian tribes consider Devil's Tower a sacred place. Activities and ceremonies occur in the monument throughout the year. However, the month of June is an especially meaningful time for traditional tribal ceremonial expression. 
Designated in 1906 as our first national monument, Devil's Tower continues to be a popular destination for national park enthusiasts. And during the busy season, parking can be difficult. So get there early if you can. There's a seasonal first come first serve campground with 43 RV pull through sites and three group tent camping sites. Large cottonwood trees provide much needed shade from the summer heat. There's no electric or sewer and drinking water is available at designated water spigots. If full hookup RVing is your thing, there are several private campgrounds outside the park. The tower is open year round and so is the visitor center. However, operating hours vary with the seasons, so it's best to call before you go. This episode of America's National Parks was hosted by me, Jason Epperson, and written and narrated by Abigail Treview. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search National Park Podcast. You can also join our America's National Parks Facebook group. We'll link to all of our social media, as well as National Park Service resources, music credits, and more in the show notes at nationalparkpodcast.com. If you're interested in RV travel, give us a listen over at the RV Miles podcast. You can also follow Abigail and me as we travel the country with our three boys at ourwanderingfamily.com. This land is your land. This land is my land. From California to the New York Island. From the Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream waters, this land was made for you and me. Today's show was sponsored by L.L. Bean. Follow the hashtag BeAnOutsider and visit LLBean.com to find great gear for exploring the national parks.